And check out the Shane Falco podcast, as uh, our good friends over at the Shane Falco podcast just said. But welcome. Uh, Today on the Back Row Fantasy Show, the Back Row Echo Show in the Untreated Studio, we're going to talk about the Midwest Expo. We're going to talk some camp news. We're going to take some listener questions and a little bit more now on the Back Row Fantasy Show. Welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show with your hosts, Jeremy Barker and Aaron Arms. Hey, welcome to the Back Row Fantasy Show. It's Bart coming at you yet again with arms to my left. Good morning. And uh, Hux. Hux to my right in this echoey uh, half-built studio. What's up? What's up? So, thanks for joining us. Don't forget uh, to follow us at The Back Row Show on Twitter, at Bark Back Row, personal account, at Arms Back Row, personal account, and uh, rate and review and what, what subscribe. About, what about Hux? He, at he, Hux. I can't remember what... Row. Did yeah. you make it, it Hux back Yeah, I, I did that oh, for him. I, I literally yeah. made him do that. Oh, hell yeah. He was like, oh, Hux, Hux back row. I wasn't 100% sure if his. Yeah, good. He's maybe Hux Drox or something. Hux Drox. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, Neil, Neil is not with us. He is currently doing the squiggly. Give me a W, give me an L, or an A. Give me a W, give me an A, give me an L, give me a squiggly, give me an M A R T. He's at Walmart doing that dance for those of you who've worked at walmart and know what i'm talking about no clue the squiggly that's a little dash in between wall and mark give me a squiggly i i went from like pizza shop to telemarketer to plastic plant guy and then straight into finance from there yeah yeah never never did the walmart thing never did actual fast food just just pizza shop i did way too many things to even start to discuss so what am I, I, I won't i won't discuss them quite possibly my favorite job though pizza delivery yeah, I, I did it. that. I did. I, I took some dominoes to some high people a few times. We did a little uh, Giovanni's uh, back in the day. I literally worked at Domino's for one day and I quit. I worked there for a little bit. But hey, me and you, Domino Brothers, we're both fans of the Noid. It's kind of like a Eskimo brother, but with pizza. Yeah. Well, did you hear me? I said one day. I wasn't a fan. Doesn't matter. You were an employee. <laughs> you you were an employee did, of did Domino's. Did you put that on your resume? No. You should. Uh, can we contact your employer? I'd rather you not. <laughs> not that one. You know, I'm I'm fairly excited about this episode. Not because it sounds like the reverb is jacked up. My God, the echo is atrocious. It, please bear with us. We don't have the soundproofing uh, we normally have. Uh, the studio, as we said, is still under construction, but we're doing our best to try to br- bring you the sweet, sweet sounds of Barker and Hux's voice and then, of course, my annoying voice. So, again, uh, if you want to help us get this studio along quicker... Uh, bark at backrowfantasyshow.com on PayPal. Not begging, just saying anything will help. Bauer, don't give us your money. You drove here to see us. Yes, I'm calling out someone who sent money to us. I sent it right back. I sent it right back. It is coming along nice in here, though. I like it. Everyone else's money, though, we will take it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five bucks, one buck, 50 cents. It doesn't matter. Uh, we'll meet you in the club. Bottle full of bub. Mind got we need if you into getting rubbed. You know what? If you can't give money, uh, one thing we'd greatly appreciate is a rating and review uh, through your preferred podcast app. 
I will say uh, Apple Podca- Podcasts a little bit difficult to do from your phone. So I know it's a little bit extra to ask, but if you could possibly find it in your heart to uh, get on a computer, your heart, sign in and uh, rate us and review us there. I mean, the, the that's how we get on the, the old front page whenever you're looking for a you know, looking for a podcast. That's how you get on the front front page, and that's how podcasts grow. Quite frankly, listen to your heart. If we could get all jokes aside, if we can get fifty ratings over the next month, we would be on the front page. Right. I saw. Some, sorry, didn't interrupt. No, you. go ahead. I did. I'm not sure if it was a podcast I was listening to or not, but they did say I think it was starting on the first of this month that on iTunes, I guess. Where the ratings, fantasy sports is going to be split into its own category oh, yeah. now. That is very true. Nice. Yes. They're going to be. They're going to take those really vague categories and they're going to add more to make it a little easier to find what you're looking for. I can see that. I mean, so, yeah. Obviously, if you're looking for a sports podcast, you could end up with you know, I mean, I don't an ESPN one that has nothing to do with fantasy, and then if you're looking for a fantasy podcast. You, we know what you want to hear. Right. I mean, we don't. We don't have a clue. We're just trying. But, you know, uh, Apple Podcast clearly does. So, the first thing I want to get into, surprisingly, a uh, little different strategy, just in case we got some people that don't finish the show. Sometimes the show runs, you know, an hour, hour and a half. I want to get straight into the listener questions. Okay. It all depends on how long <clears throat> Arms of Stories go. Oh, yeah. Oh, don't get him started about work. It took us 45 minutes to get the podcast started. I, I'm passionate about what I do. <laughs> I am too, but not not at the job place. I'm passionate about what I do in the bedroom with Hux. Oh, oh. very passionate. Very. They, extremely. They, they paint. They painted Barker's bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not true. But uh, yeah. okay. So so first, I'm going to start out at the bottom of the list, and I'm going to save what we consider the best for last. Dynasty Reaper uh, at Scott C A nine two three eight zero three three one I believe holy crap he said uh, any conversation regarding players that hold D E designations in Yahoo but not others players like Montez Sweat and Brian Burns so we I don't play Yahoo it's been a while since I've done that so I honestly don't know what the designations are but let's take the two players that he threw out from the get go. Brian Burns, Montez Sweat. Uh, for me, it's it's hands off Montez Sweat until we see more. Because in Yahoo, you don't have a lot of spots. Correct. Do they do Dynasty? Is Yahoo doing Dynasty now? I, they I, are. Are they really? I actually just joined one the other are day. Are you kidding me? I didn't want to, but that's the, the place the, they chose. The times, they are a-changing. They are. Holy cow. Okay, so... Montez Sweat, not not really a grab for me yet, but Brian Burns is someone I'm interested in. Absolutely. I'm, I'm very interested in Brian Burns. Hux wears his Florida State shirt over here, so I know he's interested in Brian Burns, but there's a gaping hole uh, in Carolina at that position, and I think Brian Burns is going to fill that gaping hole. All about that, aren't you? But just don't just just t- tying it in there. No, I wasn't. Even, I, I, I wasn't there. even being sexual until you. I'm. I'm said not. I'm just trying to, you know, defer the conversation away from that. Um, so, listen. Anyone who plays a kind of linebacker slash defensive end position for me, if they're if you can get someone who you know is hands off the ground and a little bit away from the ball from time to time, if you have tackles in your league, yeah, I want them. 
you know, any guy who's playing linebacker that's, uh, you know, like a Khalil Mack type player that has the, uh, okay, I'm going to probably, if I, you factor in my tackles, lead your team or lead defensive end in total points. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take, I'll take a shot on both of them. Um, yeah. I might look at Montez after preseason or something. I'm not looking at him now. That's digging kind of deep for me, but I get it. I mean, here, here I guess my, my thought process on it, it really isn't that I'm infatuated with either player. It is if you are going to be playing in more than pass rush situations, I absolutely want you on my team. If you are, uh, you know, you got pass coverage a little bit, you're going to get some extra tackles. I'll take a chance on that. Now, I don't want either one of them as my DE1. Absolutely not. So, no, not not even a chance on that. So, on to the next one. How much this is from the B League says our good buddy Dan Rosier, writer for the Back Row Fantasy Show on backrowfantasyshow.com. He asks, how much does Bark like slash love flex positions? This was a uh, this was a little side jab, little inside joke. I'm not a big flex fan. I'm sorry, folks. I'm just not. I kind of like the traditional. Uh, it's not even traditional. I, I'm I'm uh, stuck on the way we came up playing fantasy football, which is QB, two running backs, three wides, a tight end. Two defensive linemen, three linebackers. I, you know, there's a kicker in there. I know, and yeah, three defensive backs. I just don't really care for the flex. I like 16 teamers. That doesn't leave a lot of importance to the flex. Agreed. So not not really my thing. Dan, thanks for putting me on the spot. Uh, I hate the flex. Do do either of? I don't hate it. I just I have a slight preference. I'm 70 percent against it and 30 percent okay with it. So. If I'm in the league and, and the flex is there, I'm not going to complain. Like, get the flex out. Not I, happening. I, I just feel like the flex um, causes people to overweight a position that they're in love with. And that's that. I, I'm not a fan of the flex myself. Like, I feel like, like whenever we did the, uh, the mock draft a couple weeks ago, the computer's taking six running backs. You know what I mean? It, that's what it, it feels like whenever you're playing flex. Yeah. It's like three running backs, and then, you know, you go for a couple wide receivers, and then everyone's taking another running back. You're like, Jesus criminy, do you do you not want a wide receiver on your team? And then, it, I don't know, just kind of offsets the the weight, uh, the talent distribution for your different positions within the league. You, you brought up something that adds a secondary point for me. Uh, the In 16 teamers, so what I like about a draft where somebody goes heavy at running back or wide receiver, if there's no flex position, the advantage diminishes a little bit. Like it's harder to get stacked if you don't have a flex position. It's harder to gain that edge. And I like for fantasy to be difficult. I don't like for teams to be stacked. I don't like for the for a league to be top heavy with three main teams because they, you know, drafted three running backs to begin with screwed us all. And then they've got one for their flex position. Yeah. That's taken away some strategy for some folks, but I like longevity. And to me, without the flex, a league has potential for more longevity. I do agree with that. I just, um, it, no, nobody wants to play in a league to where, you know, the one guy is probably going to win it for the next three years. No. Hux, you got an opinion on the flex? Um, I'm, Pretty much in agreement. I like the traditional, you know, like you said, what we've used for years. But I mean, I've been in a couple different flex leagues, and 
They don't bother me. No, they were fun. And, I mean, they do require a little bit different strategy. You can load up at a certain position if you want. Like, you know, I typically go receiver first two, three rounds. I may even extend that. I mean, it just – it. It adds a little bit to it, but I'm a traditional guy, so it's and, not for me. And I, to expand upon that point a little bit, like I kind of feel like they're re- using the term super flex is just a really fancy way of saying two quarterback league. Like that that kills me because everybody. I mean, the weight on quarterbacks obviously they score more points inherently, and then you know you've got quarterbacks coming off the board and you know pick. One, five, nine. You know what I mean? A lot of quarterbacks coming off the board very early. Oh, yeah. Two quarterback leads totally different. I mean, obviously, that changes the whole draft board. Quarter- yeah. Quarterbacks are a premium, so. Right. And, and, you know, I'm a, like, again, I'm okay with the flex league. It's not like I'm going to bail out. But whenever I – my favorite leagues are non-flex. I guess I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Uh, next question, what's your fa- – this is from Matthew Bruning of the – FF Roundtable, good friend of the show. What is your favorite form of IDP leagues to play in? Some do multiple flex IDP spots, or do you prefer having a couple spots designated to defensive end slash tackle, linebacker, cornerback safety? He basically just said, do you prefer what we prefer, which I just talked about, which is two linemen, three linebackers, three uh, defensive backs. I don't like the flex in in, – defense either to me if you're going to have a flex on defense it means you should have one on offense so that kind of cancels it out the, for me. the the one thing i will add to that is i mean and we've said it a million times man you've got to make the defense valuable though you can't just have it to where you know leighton vander esch is scoring you know less points than will fuller because will fuller you know got a thousand yards okay you know it, Whatever, but daggone it. Like, Leighton Vanderus is an elite player at his position. How are you going to let some mediocre-ish wide receiver outscore an elite linebacker? So that's that's a little bit uh, uh, add to for me. So, I mean, go to go back with Vanderus there. I mean, he should be, you know, a guy that's going to get 130, 100 yeah. point tackles. He should be scoring. Barker's tearing the place down right now, in case you're wondering. He should be scoring right up there with a wide receiver two, you know. But I, I mean, I'm not opposed to having a uh, a Leighton Vanderesh. You know, waiting it to the extent to where uh, an elite linebacker is really as valuable as a back end wide receiver one. Right. I mean, and. It's it's for me it's it's about balance right yeah it's about you, I just don't want to completely diminish it to where everyone walks in and they say my defense doesn't mean anything and then why even play IDP if you're exactly. not going to make it matter right there's on. my point yeah right on okay so next question uh, Bruning sent two over a couple people did best linebacker duo in the NFL. For me, I think it's Smith and the Wolf Hunter, scariest defensive line in football. Holy crap, dude. How many questions did you ask, Bruning? Brown's semi-homerism pick. That's that's a mouthful. That's some Texas talk. Let's just go with the best linebacker duo in the NFL. I'm going to go Vander Esch and Jalen Smith. Man, I'm not sure it's close. With him. It's so. got it's to be Smith and Vander Esch. Uh, Hux is rolling his eyes. What do you got, Hux? No, that's, that's what you got to go with, I think, off the top of my head anyways. I mean, I can't think of any any combo that I would even 
compare. No, I mean for dynasty leagues, that's that's it. That that's if you've got both of those guys, start them both. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, I believe both of those guys finished in the top fifteen at least. It may have been top ten. I think it was top ten. Yeah, I mean they yeah. they're hard both, to go against it, and they're both young. They're both you know. Uh, Elite talents. I mean, there's there's not a hole in either either one of the guys' games. So yeah, I mean, I'd definitely go with those two. Um, and I can, what about the scariest line in uh, in football? Can you off the top of your head? Do you know who do you think the scariest line is in football? Oh uh, gosh, man, it might it might be the Cowboys. I mean, scariest D line. They, they've got a pretty solid defensive line. They do. I know. I'm. This is probably not, but the Chiefs with Frank Clark and yeah. Chris Jones. Yeah. Who's plugging up the middle there? Is it? That's what I'm trying to think. Don Terry. You, you know, another pretty scary one's going to be San Francisco. Oh, absolutely. You know, you've got Nick Bosa, yeah. DeForest Buckner. I mean, that's that's some uh, some heat on the quarterback right there. They got D Ford now too, don't they? <laughs> yes. So I mean, D Ford, Jay Z song. That's no, Tom. Ford. Man, there's. I feel like there's another like. Uh, the Browns are solid. Well, yeah, the Browns I mean, are solid. But Olivier Vernon, Miles Garrett, uh, they, they've got some stout tackles. I mean, they're they're solid. I don't I don't know if there's a clear cut. Well, I mean, best. also if we look at uh, the Chargers, the Rams, the, yeah, the Rams. I mean, there's there's a lot of uh, pretty nasty. I mean, Rams last year, it was no doubt about it with uh, with Sue on that team. But if we're talking from a fantasy aspect, I think. I would. I don't know. Fantasy aspect. I'd probably go Chargers just because they have Bosa and uh, Ingram. I mean, those two guys. I mean, they're a year removed from both being. I think like top ten. So yeah. Next question. Uh, Lambert, part time uh, co host of the show. Who would you rather have on your team, Amari Cooper or Brandon Cooks? Let's answer that first, and I'll get to the second half of his question. I go Brandon Cooks. It's Amari Cooper for me. Brandon Cooks for me. See, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I'm. For some reason, I'm a big Cooks hater. I don't know why he produces. He's a top twenty year in year out, but uh, I don't know. I, I just I like Amari Cooper to be that focal point, and I think that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I, I know that the Rams' offense is going to throw the ball. I know they're going to support him. But Cooper Cup's back. Cooper Cup was really good as a rookie, and I just think if anyone gives up uh, target share, it's it's Cooks. I mean, but. I think Cooper has Amari Cooper. This is, um, I think he has higher upside. I mean, he could he did, yeah he could be the you know two hundred yard three touchdown mm-hmm. game. I don't, but I like Cooks' consistency. I guess I, I, that's exactly my thought process on it. I, I mean, if if you said at the end of the year. Who's going to have the most points? I, it is probably very likely going to be Amari Cooper. But who's going to finish inside the top 20 the most? I think it's Brandon Cooks. Yeah, and he's proven that you're in, you're out. So, I mean. And I mean, is, I know Cooks is, you know, a go fast, you know, run straight guy. But, man, like he's always catching a few balls. He's not, to me, like he's not a Deshaun Jackson to where he's going to catch three balls for 70 yards and touchdown or nothing. Like he's always going to catch, you know, three to eight balls every single game. And he's always over, you know, it seems like, seems like he's always over that 50 yard mark. And if he's under, he gets a touchdown. Like he's always giving you enough to where he's, he's definitely at minimum wide receiver three. 
yeah I, I yeah I, i'm just an amari cooper guy right now he's a guy i'm trying to acquire i don't think he's a wide receiver one i think he's more of a wide receiver two but i feel like he's a going for wide upside. receiver one prices he is but there are still people out there that are afraid of him and that's those are the that's people me. i'm trying to prey on so i just want him as my wide receiver three in my main league but it, it's been a little hard to acquire him because brian burns the defensive end from florida state actually it's brian burns that lives in California in our league, uh, is wants to trade him really bad, but yeah, he does, was, doesn't seem like he's actually going to. He was do trying it. to trade him to me last night. He, he mentioned it to me, and he I talked to him about a few different trades. Uh, I'm not for what he wants. There's, I can't do it. But yeah. with that being said, like he asked me actually about this this specific trade. It's uh, basically Cooper and uh, it's we're an IDP, so it's Adrian Ambos. With, uh, excuse me, Amari Cooper and Adrian Amos for Brandon Cooks. No, I said that backwards. Amos and Cooks for Amari Cooper. Like, that's, I don't know, man. That's that, that's a fairly even trade. But I, if it was me, I'm, I'm going with, I'm, I, I like to have Brandon Cooks on my team based on consistency. All right. The, the second part of Lambert's question was, who would you rather have, Tyler Lockett or DJ Moore? I think everybody knows my answer Not if you Tyler listen to Lockett. the show. DJ Moore, hundred percent. Yeah. And you know what? The more I think I about like it, Lockett though. I mean, I'm a fan of Lockett. Yeah. I, I was when he came out because I thought he could be a really good player. But I'm just, I'm still scared of the injury bug with him. I just feel like we know who he is. We know what he is. And he had a good year we, last year, but it wasn't stellar. But we've already seen it. You know what I mean? And his year last year was it any better than what DJ Moore put on paper as a rookie? No. So give me DJ Moore in that aspect, and it, to me, it's really not close. I, I don't. I'm, I'm passing on Tyler Lockett shares. I've decided I like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, and I'm okay with having them both on any team. I don't want either one of them as my wide receiver one. Three. I, I was going to say I don't really want either of them as my wide receiver two, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I think both of them uh, will be very viable wide receiver threes with wide receiver two upside. Right. That, that's exactly how I view them. Uh, let's see. Okay, the creme de la creme of questions uh, sent over by J. Mike Check, who is uh, from the co-host of the Open Bar, which is one of our favorite podcasts, and J. 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 Mike is one of our favorite uh, followers on Twitter. Like, if you want to be smooth to sleep, that guy's voice is butter. He's got a good. He's got a good buttery voice, but he's also just a good dude on a good podcast with good takes. And just somebody you want to follow. So at J Mike Check, J M I C C H E C K, he asked the. You probably already follow him. The one player who is the one player at each position. I'm just going to go offense on this that you want on every team that has an ADP after the fifth round. Okay. Go ahead, Arms. So we basically every defensive player has an ADP after the fifth round. So. We're going to just, that's the reason we're not going to cover uh, defensive players. Um, at pick 120, I'm, I'm just going to go down with uh, by position quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, pick 121, uh, Drew Brees is going at pick 121, which is just ludicrous to me. I mean, he's still a top flight quarterback with still all of the talent he's basically ever had in his career around him. And I don't predict any any changes. I mean, last year I feel like it was more of an anomaly of him having a down year by his standards. I think he bounces back fine this year. 
do I think he's a 5,000-yard quarterback anymore? No, but I do think he's well over 4,000-yard quarterback. I think he gets over 30 touchdowns. And the value you can find him coming off the board, like quarterback 10, I mean, it's it's terrible how much disrespect he's getting based on age. Um, but, yeah, give me Drew Brees at 121. Do you guys want to hit your quarterbacks? Yeah, 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 I like the idea of doing it that way. Uh, Hux, I'll, I'll deter, defer to you. Go ahead. Um, I mean, I like the Breeze pick there in the 10th round. That's, I mean, considering who's ahead of him there. But um, I'll go – I'm a homer. I'll go Josh Allen in the fort, tw- in the 12th round. You know, get youth, talent. Number I one mean, running back on his team. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't hate that because where you're getting him like that late and the upside that he possesses, I don't, I don't hate that at all. Listen, the guy's got to develop as a passer. You know what he, I mean? I think he will. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, as good of a fantasy year as he had at the end of the year last year, like his first half, you know, obviously nothing, but the end of the year when he refactored in his legs, I mean, he was very viable. I want to say he finished the last half of the season at something like QB6 or like there was like a five week span of QB3 or better. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's very talented. I don't hate the pick. It's just, I mean, he does. He needs to develop more, but I, I think he will. I'm still not crazy about the supporting cast, but it's getting better. Oh yeah, it's getting better. I mean, nobody stands out really. I, I, mean, I still think Zay Jones is a breakout, but potentially. I mean, but I, apparently in camp, him and John Brown's having real good connection so far. John Brown always has good camp. Uh, <laughs> yeah, John Brown does always have a good camp. He's, and he, and he's and fast. But I mean, he's got year, he's got a quarterback that can throw him the ball. 70 yards down the field. Yeah, I mean, not a lot of arms bigger than his. Except yours. It, well, I mean, power-wise with the football. Bench press, I think I got him. But, no, I mean, um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And one thing, I can't remember who. I think it was Kate, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce her last name, from uh, Ball Blast. She had, um, I think she had posted something about the reason why he had such poor accuracy is he th- his average uh, depth of throw is astronomical. Like most, you know, he has a higher percentage of twenty-yard-plus throws, which is going to drive down your your uh, your completion percentage. Yeah. But when they hit, I mean, it's like the NBA. Yeah, you shoot forty percent from the three, you're a Hall of Famer. But you know, they're working on that a lot with him in camp, uh, with him checking down the ball, I guess. Yeah, because you know they don't want him. You don't want him. Every throw doesn't every need to be sixty yards be, downfield. Right. right. So. I'm uh I'm gonna go with Carson Wentz. Uh, you can get him at the top half of round seven. I like the addition of Deshaun Jackson. And last year in Philly, there really was no running game to speak of. Now you've got Jordan Howard looking solid in camp, and you've got Miles Sanders reportedly looking like the best running back on the team easily, which is what I expected. But to be able to get Carson Wentz, who honestly is a possible MVP candidate in my eyes. What, two years removed from, I mean, being in serious consideration. Uh, To get him in round seven, uh, I think that's pretty good. Baker Mayfield was there in round six, but I just don't trust the ADP on this one. I think he's a fifth rounder in most drafts. Or or better. People love Baker. And Baker, I mean, it seems like every league has a Baker fanatic in it, and they're like, you got to take him in the third or fourth. I mean, I love Baker, but I think where he's falling with the quarterbacks, he's falling after I think it's 
It's in the right spot, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, Baker's got a, just a plethora of weapons at his disposal, so I'm not banking on him lasting past the fifth, or else I would pick him. It's same situation here. I, I just don't think that he's actually going to be where they're calling his ADP. So let's uh, let's move it on. Running back arms, who you got? For me, it's Miles Sanders. I'm mean, kind of touching on the point that you is that you, all three of us? Yeah, I was. That's who I was going with. Wow, me too. I I think that Miles Sanders, um, he's going after week five. He's going to be the starting running back, and Jordan Howard is going to be the only healthy running back uh, on his team. I mean, if we're looking at rookie running backs in the in the draft here, I mean, you got David Montgomery. I'm a big fan of David Montgomery in the sixth. Give me Miles Sanders two, three rounds later. I mean, easily. Well, what round is he in right now? Is he in the seventh, top of, top uh, of round seven? Miles Sanders is going to pick 91. I, you, I, so nobody questioned me about the Jordan teamers. Howard thing? Come on. I said he's, Jordan Howard's going to be on the healthy running back on his team and just leave it out there. Uh, what team? Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I whenever you, I whenever, whenever he gets Giddy. traded, oh, I was like, "What?" He's going to be he, Jordan Howard's going to be a jag and be the only guy with two healthy legs. Just a guy or a jaguar? A jaguar. Okay, I, I, but he's I, also just a guy. So I, I kind of buy that. So as long as Raquel Armstead doesn't just hop off the page, when good the good possibility starts. there too. So, but I, I just don't think Jordan Howard is in Philadelphia for the full season. I just don't think it happens. Well, if you want to take it from. Friend of the show, Michael Bauer of the Dynasty Rewind. Bauer believes that Miles Sanders is going to show so well that Jordan Howard may not start the season on the Eagles because that's just what Howie Roseman does, in Bauer's words, is capitalize on people and trade them like he did Sam Bradford mm-hmm. a while back. That was on the latest Dynasty Rewind with uh, Rich from Dynasty Nerds. Good episode. But I agree. I mean, I think Miles Sanders could make Jordan Howard irrelevant. Yeah. So. I, I, personally, I think it's likely. I mean, we've said it before on the show, and I always hate to be too repetitive, but if there was no Saquon Barkley in Penn State, we're looking at three years of Miles Sanders being a stud running back in the Big Ten. Oh, he probably would have been a first-round pick. And then, Yeah, that's my point. He would have been a first-round pick. Is he Saquon Barkley? Absolutely not. But you give this guy three years of production the way, you know, in a similar uh, manner that Saquon Barkley had, man, you're looking at – Someone who's everyone's coveting going into this season. Yeah, absolutely. I love Miles Sanders. He he's probably up there at like one of the top three targets of mine that I'm just eyeballing, watching where running backs go, and I'm I'm putting myself in the position to grab him at all costs as my RB three. Hopefully, yeah. um, I, I think there is no better RB three in in fantasy right now. David Montgomery comes in after him to me, but. In Miles the, Sanders, I'm I'm loving that I have him in a couple leagues. I'm excited. It's not a forget about Singletary. Oh, I love Devin Singletary. You can get him even later, but yeah. uh, I believe the talent of Miles Sanders. I do believe that he will end up being the best running back out of this class. I can't say I disagree with you there. I, I like Josh Jacobs, but I think Miles Sanders ends up being the guy from this class at running back. Yeah, for, I think so too. For the eye test, I mean, he carried the load by himself. We. In theory, Jacobs can, but he hasn't. So there's always that that slight worry. That being said, I, I do I do worry about my trade with you a little bit, where you I doubt you carry on Johnson for two picks, in which I took Sanders and Singletary. Like I still like that for me, but after the trade of Theo, not the trade, the release of Theo Riddick, carry on Johnson is primed. 
to be an every down back, in my opinion. C.J. Anderson's still there, but carry on should get passing work now, and that's huge for carry on. I mean, he, he had a fine year last year in the passing game, and obviously that role expands without their quote-unquote you know, third down back. Yeah, I mean, carry on's obviously going to get more touches, but I like the potential of the two you got because I think Singletary takes the Buffalo job eventually. I do too. It's just it's still risky to me, which I knew it going in. I knew it was a risk, but I was hoping to grab two running backs for one that could put up possible production similar to carry on Johnson in year two of the rookies' careers, not year one. We'll see. I have Chubb and David Johnson, so I'm comfortable, but I wanted a little more depth. Uh, I don't like carrying three good running backs. I want four. So. That's where I'm at. I prefer having a, a little bit too much depth. And then, of course, depth becomes trade value. And then I'm in a position right now to where I've got James Conner, who, you know, I'm looking to move for a top-flight wide receiver. So, On to wide receiver. Who you got, Arms? I mean, it gets a little dicey after the sixth round of wide sure receiver. Does. Um, You know, so I, I move all the way down to pick 98, take my guy, Guys still think Prime to have the best year of his career. Well, it's going to easily be the best year of his career, but it's going to be, you know, a top 15 year in James Washington. Oh, Washington. Yeah, I, I, well, I'll stand by it. I'll continue to pound on the table. James Washington will be the number two, and he's going to have over 1,000 yards. Like in Dante Moncrief. I can't. I, don't, I just don't see it out of Washington. I, I don't either. Me. I don't know. I don't either. Okay. You don't have to. You don't have to agree with me. Just because nobody agrees with me doesn't mean I'm wrong. Well, we don't want to sit here silent and just lead you to believe that we do agree with you. Okay. I mean, me and Hux hate James Washington. Just, Hate's a strong word. I actually think he has major potential, but I, I don't know if it's going to be realized yet. And it may never be, but I'm I'm willing to take the crack at him with any guy with a Hall of Fame quarterback. Hux, who, who do you have as the wide receiver you have to have after round five? I don't know if I have to have this guy, but I like his draft position, I guess. So, and this isn't going to be a popular pick between us. Is it Tyler Lockett? It's it's not. I'm sure he's probably going earlier. Than if you say DK Metcalf, is. we might fight. Devin Funches in the 13th round. Ugh. We're on wide receivers. Tight well, ends are next. <laughs> yeah, oh. pick a wide receiver. Hugs. I mean, Devin, just Devin tell me, Funches. just tell me why. Well, he's reported. To be getting the number two job in Indy, uh, he should steal some red zone stuff from Ebron. I entirely disagree with that. I, I, I do as well. Well, I, I told mean, you it wouldn't be popular. Yeah, between it, the it shouldn't be because uh, he's a turd sandwich. So continue. In Indy, he the could, wide he receivers could. are trash late in the draft. He could. <laughs> they are. I'll, I'll give you that. He could recoup some value in Indy. I like Corey I'll Davis in the eleventh round. Well, yeah. you only get one. Yeah, you only get one. Stop trying to double dip here. You guys didn't like my first one. No, D- no. Doesn't mean you have to change it. Stand up. I stand mean, up for your man. I mean, heck, go with Dante Pettis in the what about you know, seventh. Training camp darling Valdez Scantling. Well, that's a different. You, you've picked three by now. I will add that Valdez Scantling is uh, someone I'm super excited to have on most of my dynasty rosters because I think he's going to be an absolute stud. The tenth round would be a good spot for him. Man. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I'm gonna go. I I tend to stick. I'm sorry, J. Mike, but I'm I'm sticking around round six just because I see, I see the value for a top five round pick falling to round six and Sanders, Wentz, 
So wide receiver, I'm going to stay the course. Uh, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green's already gotten nicked up. Uh, I don't believe that's going to end anytime soon. I think he's going to stay nicked up. And I, I have a lot of belief in Tyler Boyd. I, I just think that he, the breakout was real. I think that round six is one round too late, possibly two rounds too late. Because after, say A.J. Green doesn't play 16 games. Let's just say he plays eight. I, I Who else besides Tyler Boyd is going to be the main target in that offense? I mean, Tyler Boyd, you know, had a few weeks of double-digit at least targets, and I believe several uh, several weeks of double-digit targets, more than one week of double-digit catches. And what's not to love about him? One one guy that uh, we I passed on in this little exercise that I'll throw in here real quick, Mike Williams is going at a pick, around pick eighty, and I mean, guys, he's only getting better. He had, you know, a ton of touchdowns last year, and I feel like it's just going to hit his uh, target share is going to go up with Tyrell Williams going. I, I like Mike Williams. I just don't know if he's ever going to be an elite guy. I think Tyler Boyd could be an elite guy. I think round seven is pretty good for Mike Williams. I mean, Hunter Henry coming back. Who? Hunter Henry. Who's that guy? Has Is camp over yet? Not yet. Pretty good chance he gets hurt. The guy gets hurt one time in his career, and he's just like now Tyler he's Lockett. Brian. He's the Tyler Lockett of the tight end position. Tyler Lockett's the eighth round. I like that too. I skipped over that, or I probably would have said him instead of Funches. You should have. Good lord, Funches. Tight end. You can't take Kittle. This is one of those situations where arms does not get George Kittle. So unlike every other draft, or like now, I'm, I'm just going to reach for him. I have to have him. Post fifth round ADP, tight end arms. Who is it? I, I'm taking the next Travis Kelsey. Noah Fant. Oh. Noah Fant is the next Travis Kelsey. I see him more as like the next Jimmy Graham. Not a bad thing, but. If you give me the 1,700 yard season of Jimmy Graham, or. Well, yeah, I said yeah, not I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, absolutely. Give no. me, give me a never injured Jimmy Graham in uh, never leaving the Saints. Absolutely. Hucks. I'll go with the other rookie, T.J. Hawkinson. Oh, ding winner for me. Same same guy selected. Uh, pick 108, Steel. Don't hate it. I think Hawk's going to be fine. I just don't think he's going to have the production Fant does. I Listen, whenever I look at both of those guys, I see Hawkinson is the next Dallas Clark. You know what I mean? Which is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, that, that's either one of them are absolutely great picks. And I think both of them are going to have stellar careers. I mean, this is how did how did Iowa not win like a national championship with tight ends like that? I don't know. That's the that's tight end you. I'm just worried about the quarterback in Denver. I just don't think they they found their guy yet. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's kinda... Razor Ramon. Who? Joe Flacco. He's oh. out, out there looking like Razor Ramon. I'm I'm with Hux on that one. Like I like Noah Fant quite a bit, but I, I still think Hawkinson was the premier tight end in this draft. Uh, I don't. I'm not sold on Denver having their quarterback of the future either. Uh, wasn't that big on Drew Locke, uh, and I still am not. So I, I do worry about Noah Fant's production, at least for the, the first couple of years. But that's okay. What's some other guys you guys were looking at? Valdez Scantling, Hux nailed that one for me. 
D.D. Westbrook, who's going right behind him. I, I'm, I'm putting out the red alert right now. If you want to grab a, a starting three wide receiver on your dynasty team, you can wait quite a while and grab D.D. Westbrook. I, I firmly 100% believe D.D. Westbrook's going to have double-digit touchdowns, his first 1,000-yard season, and at least 75 receptions. If you're in a uh, dynasty league, which you should be because, you know, you're an adult – uh, you're going to be looking at um, why not Dallas Goddard, right? I think that the time is coming short for uh, for Ertz and Philly, not because he's bad, because he's absolutely a stud. I just feel like they're going to move him with for value and try to get something out of Goddard within the next couple of years. Like you don't spend that that premium of a pick to not play a guy. Goddard is more of a receiving guy than he is a blocker, although capable in both you know both aspects of the game. I think he's going to end up being a stud. Um, looking through these quarterbacks, I mean, you really can wait forever. It seems like to draft a quarterback. I mean, you got Rivers in the twelfth, thirteenth round, Roethlisberger fourteenth round. I mean, Jameis Winston, Stafford fourteenth round. I mean, you got some top. You, you top can, 10 guys. You can hit on Jameis Winston all you want. The guy throws for a ton of yards a season, has an absolute stud. Everybody catching passes down there outside of the running backs is a stud. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, for for the where you're getting him at pick, you know, 124 in the 11th, heck yeah, you can wait. Tom yeah. Brady's going for, at pick 139. Yeah, there's no reason to draft a quarterback early, I don't think. If you don't get Mahomes, I guess you can wait a long time. I'm still stuck on wide receivers, too. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside at 137. Uh, Curtis Samuel at 143. Uh, there's definitely some value to be had well after that fifth round for me. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, if even if you wanted to, in theory, kind of punt the tight end position, I mean, Mark Andrews is available at pick 183. Chris Herndon at 184. I mean, I, I believe Herndon's starting the season suspended. Am I wrong on that? No, you're not wrong. Okay, but still, for the value, I mean, if you go the first few weeks, you're no worse off than anybody else by, you know, streaming tight end and then uh, then moving Herndon over into that position. I think you'll be fine. Deshaun Jackson also still going way late in drafts, and I'm telling you, he's he's going to have one of his better years in Philly. I'm, I'm positive of it. And I'm gonna, Bark Bank. I'm going to get a little homerish here, but I think Tyrell Williams is on tap to have one of the better years of his career, um, which is a thousand, you know, over a thousand yards, you know, 78, 80 catches, something in that range. I think he's going to be fine. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not in love with Derek Carr's prospect of having a great season, but I do think the wide receiver, the two main wide receivers there are going to have fine years. You want to dig deep, uh, Damian Harris, Damian Harris of the Patriots going near the end of drafts and supposedly looks like a natural pass catcher. Uh, this is this is what the Patriots do. They they reload. James White probably not going to get paid when his contract is up. Damian Harris is there. Sony Michelle. They're already trying to limit his reps. If you want a uh, dig deep possibility at somebody that could start for you later in the season, I think Damian Harris is a pretty good pickup. Really late in drafts. I hundred percent agree. And I, even if so, I know Hux mentioned uh, waiting and waiting and waiting on quarterbacks like. You could wait until everyone else pretty much has their backup and end up with Dwayne Haskins. I mean, you're not going to be disappointed with the year he puts together. I'll, I'll guarantee it. 
let's uh let's talk a little bit about what is upcoming for the back row fantasy show uh this month actually later this month we will be at the midwest fantasy football expo uh, arranged by the one and only bob lung we will be on stage uh podcasting live at four o'clock that day it's going to be a good time we have uh exclusive t-shirts for the event we are going to interact with as many people as we possibly can have a good time with everybody probably won't sit at our booth the whole time because we're going to be interacting just talking to other fantasy football folks but this is an event that i'm pretty excited about you can use the uh, promo code back row uh, at midwest expo if you google midwest fantasy football expo you'll go to the site you want tickets use our promo code very excited for me and arms and maybe a mystery third host to go you're 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 pumped right oh, I'm, I'm ecstatic his, his face is just brimming listen i don't i don't show emotion well like good bad or indifferent like the only emotion i show well is anger <laughs> but, but i mean honestly it, it, i can't wait to go i can't ma- wait to meet all the the uh, big the players in the fantasy football community that, that show up there um it's just it sounds like it's going to be a great time um help us build our brand a little bit uh rub elbows with the big boys so to speak you know well yeah the fantasy footballers look like they're slated to be there the ball blast girls are going to be there uh harris foot fantasy football podcast going to be there uh dynasty hq one of some guys i love over there and uh, john eddy from fantasy fuel there's going to be a lot of really good podcasts and really good analysts at this event and if if you don't show up and you're a football fan and you can make it to Canton, that yeah, you, you need to go to this event. It's going to be a lot of fun. We are going to be a lot of fun. Listen, I, I know you probably don't get a great feel for our personality here, but we're fairly enjoyable to hang out with. I mean, Bark is. I'm, I'm miserable, but whatever. I'm just a terrible person. He's like the Eeyore of the fantasy football Nobody landscape. Nobody likes me. Mom arms, let's talk about football. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? We we may we may bring we may bring a guest with us, hopefully. So come come to Canton for the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. What is that arms? Is it the twenty seventh? Eighteenth? Eighteenth, that's what I meant. The eighteenth of August. Wow. It's been a long week. Listen. Just just so everyone knows, I'm bailing on my anniversary weekend with my wife to do this. So she's going to be super happy. So come out, support us, maybe help uh, start my divorce attorney fund. You know, at least provide me with, uh, you know, enough proceeds from the shirts to maybe buy her a nice ring to apologize for uh, for not spending a lot of time with her that weekend. But no, I, I, I honestly, I can't wait to do it. I can't wait to go there and, uh, and spend time, you know, with the the rest of the fantasy football community I'm excited there. to meet kate and michelle i feel like we forged a little friendship there and uh also fantasy football round, round table dennis bennett is going to be there we know dennis pretty well so it's going to be a good time going to be a lot of podcasts to hang out with so boom boom he says boom let's uh this echo's really thrown me off tonight i know I, it really is i'm getting a little crazy. feedback in my headphones too so if this comes through guys i'm so sorry this is not how we normally sound if this is the first time tuning in so it's hurting my ears we we will get this resolved sooner rather than later um so bark you ready to touch on the uh some of the big um big time players that are really jacking up your draft right now let's do it 
So you've got Melvin Gordon, who's uh, holding out and requesting a trade, although um, not been approved to seek trade partners at this point. Um, What say you about MG3's prospects of A, playing this year, and B, does what does this do for Austin Eckler's value? I I honestly I'm looking at Justin Jackson in this. I mean Austin Eckler's gonna do what Austin Eckler does, but he's not a between the tackles guy. That's Justin Justin Jackson. So I mean if if uh, Melvin Gordon doesn't come back soon, I don't think it hurts to have both of those guys. You can get them both late. You're going to get a PPR guy. You're going to get a possible 20 carry guy in Justin Jackson. Because I see the split to be 20-10 on the carry side. Chargers are still going to want to run the ball. They're not going to be ultra pass heavy. There's still going to be some running there. But Austin Eckler, he's definitely going to catch the balls that he always did. And and then some. I was going to say, you got to remember, Melvin Gordon, very prolific in the passing game. That's what I'm saying. And then some. So that's why I recommend Eckler as a pickup. But don't overlook Justin Jackson. I mean, Melvin Gordon also gets a lot of goal line carries. Justin Jackson may be the guy getting the goal line carries. He gets all the goal line carries. Yeah. I mean, he's got one of the best noses for the end zone in the entire NFL. I mean, if, if he does sit out, I mean, I, I feel like this puts Austin Eckler's value in that, that you know, a couple years ago, Duke Johnson range to where quite possibly based on receiving uh, chops alone, it feels like he's, he could reach top 15. I'm not banking on it, but, man, I, he's got the potential to do it. We've seen that he's been prolific enough with a stud running back on the field 90% of the time, it feels like. Man, I mean, you add, what, 30, 40 catches to what Austin Eckler does, and Austin Eckler is a, a must-own on your team. So Absolutely. I mean, say Melvin Gordon gets traded or is, sits out the whole season, I think Eckler could very well flirt with, Running back one in the sixteen team leagues. I agree. Is it uh is it time to stay away from Mike Gasecki? Reports are coming in that he could be as low as the fourth tight end on the depth chart. Is it is it possible that Mike Gasecki is simply a bust? Yeah, considering the other guys that are in Miami and he can't beat them out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's no one. I mean, we're talking about uh Nick O'Leary, Durham Smythe, Dwayne Allen, and then Mike Gusecki can't beat those guys out. Is he just a? Is he a um, combine wonder? Is is that what happened? I mean, he was a stud in you know in actual games in college, but obviously sometimes that doesn't translate well to the NFL. I will tell you, I'm not giving up on Gusecki at this point. I think that he's ha- I mean, he just hasn't found his stride yet. He's I don't want him as my tight end one, obviously. But if you can get him for, you know, your backup tight end, you do have tight end one upside. Yeah, I mean the what no, I want I just wonder what's holding him back. I mean I yeah, I, know I really don't know. I mean he's a talented pass catcher, so is he just not being able to block at all? Fitting with I mean, is, I mean is, it, it, is it the learning curve? Is it gonna be one of those year three, maybe it click things and stay away from him in, in year two? But I here's the thing, like you you've gotta grab him at some point. You know what I mean? If if you think I don't he has, know. I, my point is, if you think he has potential, at the tail end of a draft, he's costing you nothing. I mean... I don't have his ADP in front of me, but it can't be high. It was 12th round not. when we were just looking at it. Yeah. But, I mean, it, that's it's going to drop. I mean, if news like that keeps coming out, I mean, it, it'll drop lower. I mean, I guess you could pick him up at the end, tell, you know, right at the end of the drafts. Getting scary if anybody actually invested in him, but... Other tidbits, uh, Matt Bereda supposedly separating himself a little bit. Are we 
Is is he a buy candidate? Or are we still passing on the Niners' backfield? I'm still passing, but I, I want to hear what you guys. I'll think. leave the whole backfield on the table. This is a worse situation for me than the traditional Patriots' backfield. Yeah, there's just too many mouths to feed there. If they're all healthy, and get McKinnon back. I mean, they say Tevin Coleman's still the favorite to lead the backfield there, so I don't. I'd stay away. Uh, speaking of of that team, the Patriots, uh, Cam Meredith. Apparently, signing with the Patriots is is their fantasy relevance there? Or is his career basically a wash? Uh, you know, Nikhil Harry is apparently not looking great. Listen, I, I'm not ever terribly thrilled about a non previous superstar signing with the Patriots. It just feels like they bring in a guy, you expect something. <laughs> And it just doesn't happen. You're like, well, he's going to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. They still have Julian Edelman. You know, I, I'm not giving up on Nikhil Harry. Not at this point. I don't care what he looks like right now. I just it, It'll take time. He's a rookie. It's a complex system. This is not run straight, go fast. This is, you know, there's route running, there's timing, and you got to build chemistry with anybody. I mean, Tom Brady's the kind of guy, could he doesn't do no-look passes, but you know he could. <laughs> You know, he's a smart guy. They're going to build it. I'm not worried about what's said right now. Give me the long-term prospect, Nikhil Airy. Cam Meredith is just another guy. He's a jag. He's someone who's – they bring him in. Everyone starts getting excited because they brought in another, you know, another uh, signing, another wide receiver because they need wide receiver depth. Guess what? This is nothing. Don't get too excited. I mean, if he makes it through camp and actually makes the roster week one, maybe give him a look, but – Right yeah. now, he's just a camp guy. And this is this is not the same Patriots where Tom Brady connected with Randy Moss. This is – this uh, as Tom Brady has aged, this has always been kind of a dink and dunk offense in a way. It's it's getting more so as a dink and dunk. James White, Julian Edelman, uh, maybe Damian Harris. I'm not sure that I want a outside receiver from the Patriots on my dynasty team. Can we just call spade a spade at this point? And if you're a Patriots fan, I'm sorry for the offense I'm about to throw your way. They're masking the the flaws in Tom Brady's game at this point. Like, he's still a brilliant quarterback. He's still a Hall of Famer, all that stuff. Nothing, none of that's going to be taken away. But he isn't what he was, and the offense is changing to suit him, to, to uh, prolong his career. I mean, they're letting him just make smart decisions. Hey, Tom, you don't have to throw it, you know, 60 yards downfield. We're going to get the routes to get people open to make you still look good. I mean, I can't, I don't, I wish I could remember who did the, uh, it's a little YouTube thing, a little video, and it's all about kind of making fun of Tom Brady. It's like, oh my God, Tom Brady's 41 years old. Did you see that pass? That had to have been at least three yards in front of the line of scrimmage. It's always been dink and dunk, but it's 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 going more that direction, and it's going to continue. Edelman's still going to be a stud, no doubt about it. But just don't give me I I, do, I have no hope for anybody else that's coming into that offense outside into Kill Harry. Then uh, some more tidbits: Spencer Ware, not exactly shocking, but Spencer Ware's out for the season, so Indy is now looking at running backs like Mike Gillisley. Uh, who's the other one I saw? Mike Gillisley and give me just a second here as as they grab us some drinks. Bum, 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 bum. I don't see the other one. So, anyways, they're looking at Mike Gillis, uh, Gillisley and some other running backs. Does this solidify Marlon Mack as a 
Uh, does this raise his draft capital a little bit? Are we a little more comfortable with Marlon Mack now that Spencer wears out and they really don't have anyone outside of Naheem Hines behind Marlon Mack? Like, are I, you more comfortable drafting him now? I was never uncomfortable drafting Marlon Mack. I mean, his ADP is a little high for me, but ultimately, like the, the other players on the team did not affect how I viewed Marlon Mack at, at, at all. It's not like they signed Kareem Hunt in the offseason. You know, no, I was never worried about Spencer Ware. No, I, I really wasn't either. But 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 again, Spencer Ware is more proven than anything on their roster, and now he's gone. So I Marlon Mack a little more desirable. Same desire because as Huck said, I had no care for Marlon Mack, or Spencer Ware. Excuse me. I give him a little. I give him a little bump. Oh, okay, little, little so, so he gets three more carries because that's what Spencer Ware would have got. Give me him three carries. He'll bust one of those open. Oh, okay. I mean, I figured he was going to be the only one busting one open anyway. I am a huge Naheem Hines fan, though. So hopefully we, it helps we, him out. We, we noticed from the mock draft. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about some fearless predictions to wrap the show up. Fantasy football, 2019. I know what you're going to lead off with, Arms. Let's go around the table. One at a time. The season started. Preseason game, Hall of Fame game happened. Uh, it was terrible. There was really no one to really even pay attention to and watch, just like the Hall of Fame game is every single year. But who? Give me, give me those predictions. Let's go around the table. Arms, if you want to lead us off, fearless prediction for fantasy, player wise. 2019. The number one wide receiver in fantasy at the end of the year is named Juju Smith-Schuster. Whoa, I was not expecting you to start out that hot there, Fuego. He finishes the year's number one. I just think that he's primed and got the talent, the quarterback, and the situation. Hux, you you got a, a fearless prediction to lead us off? Pat Mahomes will not be the number one fantasy quarterback? Yeah. Mm. That's a... Uh... I mean, I guess that's hot. Who who will? Do you have a do you have a replacement as to who will be that guy? Luck, Big Ben. Who are we thinking? I was gonna go Luck, but uh, listen. Let's it, get get ballsy here. Let's go with a sixteen game season out of Deshaun Watson. I don't hate that. I don't hate that either. Deshaun Watkins uh, Watson Watkins. Dude, I do that all the time. Deshaun Deshaun Watson is a special player. I don't hate it. Uh, I'm going to go Kenny Galladay will finish the season as a wide receiver one. That's not that hot, but I think he's going to be a top seven. Top seven wide receiver, Kenny Galladay. That's uh, a little steep for me yeah, on Kenny G. Pretty high on but, him. Yeah, I, listen, he's got the talent. I just don't know if he any longer has the situation with it. They're, they're going to run the ball, but I, I somebody's still going to put up great numbers in that offense. Oh God, okay. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I just feel like Hawk takes away too many red zone th- targets from him. I don't, I don't, I don't know about year one Hawkinson doing that. Just looking at ADP here, he's the 14th wide receiver going off the board. So, I mean, it's not too far stretched to see a top seven, but I could definitely see top ten. I don't know about any higher than that. Just trying to look at the guys ahead of him. I mean, I could see him finishing ahead of T.Y., Thielen, or Diggs, both. 
Cooper. So, yeah, I mean, he can move up in the 8, 9, possibly 10 range. I don't know about any higher than that. Well, you got Hux. Give me, give me a fearless one. Uh, how 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 bold do you want me to get? Go bold. That's up to you, brother. Whatever, however bold you want to get. I'm not even sure if I believe this, but Joe Mixon, top three, running back this year. Now, see, I've seen a lot of hate on Mixon because that line is still questionable. A lot of people are, are hating on Joe. See, uh, uh, I just... To me, there's there's just no way. Not a top three. You say top six, I don't doubt anything you're saying. I top, don't believe a damn thing you're saying. Top three? Because you, you're telling me that you've... All right. My, the way I look at it, we've got Saquon number one. You know, Saquon 01, so to speak. Um, CMC. You know, if you're not playing PPR, you're not doing it right. Kamara, Zeke, like... Provided Zeke plays, of course, but I mean, you got to me that the any three of those four absolutely have to finish in the top three. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. Uh, oh, it's a, it's a hot take. It's a. But if I'm not mistaken, unlikely probably. But, but he led the AFC in rushing last year, didn't he? If I'm not mistaken on that, I'm per, I'm ninety nine percent sure on that. We don't have to look it up. Yeah. It's not not that important, man. Not that important. Burke, you got another one? Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We talked about him a little bit. I think he finishes as a top 20 wide receiver this year. I, I, I don't believe that Aaron Jones is really the answer, I guess, at running back. I, I don't think Green Bay is all of a sudden going to be this run-heavy offense that everybody thinks that they might be. And Randall Cobb is gone. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jordy Nelson has been gone. Geronimo Allison, while I like him, I I don't know that he'll ever be what we thought he was going to be after the first handful of games last year. But I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling will be. Like, Devontae Adams is still going to get his, but two receivers in Green Bay could easily be top 20 wide receivers like they have been in the past. About as Scantling is going to be the second best wide receiver on that team, which means a top twenty finish. Okay, um, I can see that. If if not, I will grant you he's going to be close. All right, if he if he actually is the number two wide receiver on the team, it, it'll at minimum be close. He's definitely going to outplay his draft position easy, oh, easily. No doubt easily. about that. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll move over to quarterback, and you know where I'm going with this, Barker. I believe this is what you thought I was going to say. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, he's going to have. That is what I thought you were going to say. Four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns. Wow. Dwayne Haskins finishes. Crazy, isn't it? <laughs> he's he's really high on I Haskins. I am absolutely one hundred percent serious on this. Dwayne Haskins finishes we this know. year in the top ten at quarterbacks in in fantasy. We so. definitely know how serious you're being. So 100%. he's gonna, he's going to win rookie of the year, pretty much, is what you're saying. Why not? Right. Why? You haven't told me why yet. He already looks good in camp. The guy who comes from a very prolific offense, he's extremely accurate. And, I mean, dude just gets the ball in the damn end zone. And according to Stephen A. Smith, he's quite the runner. <laughs> Dude's got a cannon, man. I mean, he, he, I've, I watch, obviously, as an Ohio State fan, I watched a lot of his games. 
he can make every single throw. The hardest throws on the field, he can make them. Put him just over a defender's head. I mean, he's he's going to be great. Hux, I just don't. I don't know. I just don't see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, don't, I don't think he's honestly. That I like touchdown record. I liked Haskins. I hate Ohio State, but I liked Haskins. I think he's. I mean, Ohio State's never had a good NFL quarterback, so he being the best quarterback coming from Ohio State. He's my hope. Be, he's my hope and dream, right? I mean, he's the, just, the times they are a changing. We'll see. Who do they? Who do they even have at wide receiver in Washington? Uh, Terry McLaurin, Kelvin Harmon, uh, Josh Doxson. I do like no, no, nobody, I do like nobody major. No, but nobody major. Nobody major, but I do like McLaurin. I, I just Another feel high stake. Just a lot of it. He he moves the ball. You know, he spreads the ball out really well. Did that at Ohio State. And I just I don't think that changes. I mean, that's that's incredibly important in the NFL to be able to spread the ball. You know, you, it, the guys who lock into someone, you know, a la Johnny Manziel with Mike Evans a few years back, like, that proves it doesn't work in the NFL. You know, oh, what, 4,500 yards and, you know, 50 touchdowns. Okay, that's great. And how many of that was to Mike Evans? You know, this guy didn't have what one would consider an elite, you know, production receiver, but yet they got it done. I'll go ahead and just switch topics to to a fearless prediction. Um, if if Ezekiel Elliott does go out for months, like the reports are saying, like if he is gone for two or three months, don't be surprised. No, it's a prediction. Okay, Mike Weber will eventually seize that job until Zeke comes back. They do love him some of high state running backs down there in uh, Dallas. Mike Mike Weber is a solid guy. I don't see anyone on that roster, even though there's been other names mentioned. Nobody's mentioned Weber. Not one time have I seen a blurb about Mike Weber possibly being able to take over that role until Zeke comes back. Didn't they just bring say it. Alfred Morris back? Yes. Okay. And in other news, it doesn't matter. Yes, they brought Alfred Morris back. He looked good when he got to play for him. He looked what? okay. He's still a plotter. I mean, the guy's a plotter. Mike Weber is a is a more talented running back at this stage of their respective careers. And it, it may He's take, a more it talented a running back games. than any point in Alfred Morris's career. I wouldn't go that the far. Alfred a, Morris was really the dude's pretty a, impressive between as a the tackle player. snail. He was pretty solid as a rookie. Dude runs like a tortoise. It's just really hard to bring down. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. Any uh, more Ohio State guys you want to talk about? No, I, I don't. One thing I will say is you combine the elite speed with a great line opportunity. Man, we've seen that Dallas line produce running backs that, you know, with production they really shouldn't before. I mean, Weber, if Zeke does sit out and he's committed to doing so, Weber could be a, a, a hell of an asset to own going into fantasy this year for, for next to nothing. Yeah, pretty much nothing. I mean, he's going undrafted. Right. In startup drafts, he's absolutely going undrafted. Um, he probably won't anymore. <laughs> any other? Oh, absolutely. Uh, me too. I'm waiting for Hux. I know Hux has got a, a fearless prediction in that head somewhere. I'll, I'll throw one out there while uh, while Hux is over there with a the panic look on his face. Um, OJ, to, ha- be, to be fair, I did not tell Hux we were going to talk fearless predictions tonight. OJ Howard has finishes the season with a thousand yards and ten touchdowns. Ooh, got some echo in that one. Woo! 
I'm going to stick with my Buffalo guys. Devin Singletary rushes for 1,000 yards. Oh, my God. I sure hope so. By the way, he passes Zach Ertz for the number three tight end. Mm. See, I I agree that Ertz is not going to finish as the tight end one, but that's only because of Kittle for me. Or tight end two because of Kelsey. Keep dropping him down. Yeah. Three at worst. Sorry if I just played footsie with you, Hux. I'll, I'll throw out another one. Me and me and Arms both love this. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Don't you speak on my behalf. Okay, you speak on my behalf. I babe. sure do. Calvin Ridley, <laughs> uh, another guy that I believe is going to finish top 20. You're way too low. I'm just saying. Calvin Ridley. E- easily. You want me to be a little more bold? Uh, I'll go 10th. He will finish top 10. 10th. Top 10. Now, Ridley finishes the season as the number 10 wide receiver in the entire NFL. I think it's going to, I'm not sure about the touchdowns. You know, I don't think he's always going to have double digit touchdowns. But, oh, I do. But what I will say, Julio Jones doesn't. I, I think he's going to have an astronomical number of receptions that nobody's giving him credit for. Some of those will be touchdowns. Oh, I, I agree. But, you know, if he finishes with nine touchdowns in, you know, 119 receptions, Pretty solid year. Very solid year. Also, not buying the Kalen Balazs talk. Yes, he'll get a uh, fairly close to even timeshare. I'm going to give him 40%. Uh, Kenyon Drake will make the most of his touches and be a 1,000-yard running back for the first time in his career this season. One more, and I might be going out on a little bit of a limb here. Hold on a second. He did say Kenyon Drake was going to be a thousand yard running back. Barely, he'll get like one thousand seventy two yards. He's a Dolphins fan. You know, you just got that doesn't matter. Listen, I said Mike Gesicki might. It might be time to move on. You just got popped for a random drug test. I'm sorry. We're going to have to. I I need you to go pee in this cup. How hard is it to run for a thousand yards? Um. If you're freaking Kenyon Drake, damn near impossible. Oh, come on. I could, I don't know. I could see it. If he's actually given the opportunity, he's going to. He's going to get more carries than he's ever gotten. He should. Doesn't, right. mean, doesn't mean he's going to approach 300, but 200 carries is possible. Five yards of carry is very possible. By the way, before Hux goes, I'm going to throw this out here. Something I saw on, uh, on Twitter. I didn't check the validity of it, but supposedly Steven Jackson signed a one-day contract he with did. the Rams. And got popped for a random drug test. How beautiful is that? I didn't know that. It's like, well, I mean, it is random. And Steven Jackson's response is, you can shove your random drug test up Roger Goodell's ass. (laughs) I bet the results, he's going to be suspended. Oh, I guarantee it. (laughs) Hey, uh, we're going to have to suspend you uh, slightly before you were. uh, Oh, wait, you're not playing. Never mind. He's absolutely going to be suspended. That's beautiful. Anyways, what I was going to say before I was rudely interrupted. Rudely interrupted. Very rudely. It was me. Um, Kareem Hunt never plays a regular season snap for Cleveland. Oh, I like that one. Whoa. I like it. So you think that he gets traded basically right before or immediately after his suspension's over? Traded, cut. I mean. Cut? Something. Cut. I don't know about cut. We'll see. He's too cheap to cut. Yeah, you're probably I, right I, about that. I had but. somebody tell me, uh, Tyler Pierpont, a buddy of mine, tell me that he thinks Kareem Hunt 
is the elite talent at running back. And, and you know, honestly, it's it's hard to make an argument against it because it he's done nothing but produce when right. he's on the field. I do think Nick Chubb is the better one, but I don't think it's a gap. I don't think there's a chasm between them. I I feel like it, it, Kareem Hunt being on that team makes owning Nick Chubb terrifying. Like, you, you just you don't know what to do with him. So, yeah, man, I – I that that's that's ballsy. Hey, that's what we're doing. Fearless prediction. Fearless. Absolutely fearless. Another prediction. Mark Ingram does not finish as a thousand yard running back for Baltimore. Man, see, I don't know about that. I mean, it, I don't think he's the only game in town with uh, Justice Hill. But I do think that he's going to get so much volume that he almost has to. I mean, I feel like he's – there's. I, I just can't see him not getting 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns. I just can't see a scenario where it doesn't happen. In which case, hey, by the way, Mark Ingram, underdraft, or Ingram is underdrafted right now. He's not always been a pillar of health. You're correct. And he is approaching the uh, ancient age for running backs. Approaching, he's I can definitely there. see the ten touchdowns part. I don't know about twelve hundred yards. He said a thousand. I just said well, shooting. I Listen, I like to I exaggerate see a little bit. Eight hundred yards. Hey, I, I said I said Dwayne Haskins gonna have thirty and four thousand. So you know, I like to over exaggerate a little bit. If he hits thirty eight hundred and twenty seven, I'm still like, ah, look how close it was. I mean, I could see the four thousand yards. I don't thirty touchdowns a lot for quarterback. I mean, how many threw over thirty last year? Mm, don't know. Frank Gore. <laughs> how many uh, quarterbacks threw for over 30? Oh, I thought you said how many running backs did well over 30. That's just, uh, just Frank Gore. Frank Gore. <laughs> just, um, just Frank Gore. Nine. It's getting more every year, I guess. Nine. I mean, Tom Brady had 29. Cousins had 30. Phillip Rivers had 32. Golf had 32. And Breeze had 32. And then the rest of them, you know, the big guys. Yeah, I just don't see 30. Yeah. 21. 21. That's my guess. Dude, he's going to be – He's the kid's going to shock the world. Going to absolutely shock the world. It, doing everything he can to make the Giants regret not taking him. You think he's holding a grudge? Absolutely. Why Why would The he? team's not there for him to do it. I just, I just don't – I'm not sold on the supporting cast. Yeah, I mean, that's what's hurting it for me. Hold on a second. It, it theoretically, healthy Darius guys. You, you know, you add a, a rookie receiver that he's already yeah, had. This guy isn't known as a ball catcher. A, 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 a receiver that he's already got familiarity with. You know, you got Jordan Reed. You know, I mean, I I, I just don't – listen, the guy moves the ball, spreads the ball around so so much. I don't – can I sit here and tell you that he's going to have a 1,000-yard receiver? No. I, I can't tell you if he's going to have one or who it would be. But I just feel like there's going to be so much spread that he's going to have a great year. I just can't get on board. Yeah, me either. You don't have to. I'm not. I refuse. Right, I'll stand on the, I'll stand on this one alone. I don't care. This 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 is the one I can't wait for because you have said it repeatedly. So I am well, very I, listen, curious. I I've eked up from a historically great year, which would be like, you know, top five all time quarter or rookie quarterbacks, to break the record. Now it's at thirty. It might be low forties by the time season starts. <laughs> Like depends on how many beers I get in me. It's uh, I mean, dude's got 35, 62 touchdowns, easy. It's definitely where we're ending the show. 
Oh God! Sorry, sorry if that's uh that's where you want to end it. Um, I'll, I'll throw one more out here. I don't know how bold it is, um, but your top three linebackers next year go in this order: Leighton Vander Esch, Darius Leonard. What are you doing? And Roquan Smith. What are you doing? It's Darius Leonard, mm-hmm. Vander Esch. It's not three second year guys. Is it, it is? Bobby Wagner. It's not Bobby. I'm Wagner. just telling you that that's who I think is going to finish, and how they're going to finish. LVE, the Wolf Hunter. So, and I, I, I don't think Darius Leonard falls off of a cliff. I think he's still going to have a, a historically great year, but I think Roquan Smith takes the final, you know, that final step into greatness. Okie dokie. I'll end the show with uh, one note, one quote from the last week that made me smile. John Gruden says, I'm really starting to like this Nathan Peterman guy. Dude, I saw, I saw that. Oh, God. Really, really starting to like this. Look for Nathan Peterman to be starting by week eight. Uh, maybe we should get John Gruden checked for, all, for Alzheimer's I, or something. I am kidding. So. Like, he might, he Look, might have Peterman some CTE. Nathan Peterman looks great without pads. Kid looks great without pads. You put pads on him, they mess with his arm, he throws picks. If only there was a system to where the quarterback didn't have to play with shoulder pads. Right. It's called flag football. Just throwing out here, Nate Peterman, Hall of Fame flag football player. Hucks, thanks for joining us. Arms, thanks, thanks as me. always for your service. You're welcome. Barks out. Good night. This concludes another episode of the Back Row Fantasy Show. Thanks for listening, and be sure to give us a review.